I've taken the time to study the all 22 coaches film from the Buffalo Bills week 18 win over the Miami Dolphins. And I'm sharing my top takeaways today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Well, folks, it's time for the All-22 review. I'm looking forward to sharing my thoughts with you here today on the podcast after studying this film and getting into the things that stood out to me, whether it was the defense in the second half and how they were able to be so successful, Josh Allen, and all kinds of different dynamics, the snap counts, the studs and duds. You know what we do here on the All-22 Review episodes. But I want to start with the plays that we saw, but we should have never saw them. And what does that mean? I'm talking about three major blunders for the Buffalo Bills in this game. Two interceptions by Josh Allen and, of course, the end-of-half sequence. Things that, honestly, you should have never saw those plays. Let me tell you what I mean. Here's the the first interception. Uh, First drive of the game, we know what happens. It's an interception. Gabe Davis, Josh Allen are not on the same page. But the play before that is the one that stands out. Uh, Dawson Knox, to me, was very clearly interfered with. And it should have been a pass interference call and first and goal from the one. And set that aside. Set that aside. Dalton Kincaid was wide open in the back of the end zone. And it was a high-low read for Josh Allen where he could throw it to Dawson Knox in the flat. And you also had this crossing pattern over the back line of the end zone to Dalton Kincaid. And nobody ran with Dalton Kincaid. He was wide open. And look, I don't know exactly what the reads are or where Josh Allen's eyes are supposed to be, or how he's supposed to attack that. But to me, it looked like a high-low read, and he stayed locked in on Dawson Knox. Meanwhile, nobody's with Dalton Kincaid in the back of the end zone. And so whether you want to call the pass interference or you want Josh Allen to throw it to Dalton Kincaid, we should have never seen that exact play that resulted in an interception to Gabe Davis. The second interception, fourth and two, and the Part of this play that's frustrating is not really the interception. What's frustrating is the turndown that Josh Allen had here. He gets a man coverage look. It's a bunch set to Josh Allen's left. And Joe Brady has the perfect man coverage beater called. You have a flat route to Dalton Kincaid. Khalil Shakir sets the rub, which ties up Dalton Kincaid's defender. He can't run with him. Meanwhile, Gabe Davis is running a vertical clear-out route. Dalton Kincaid's wide open. Wide open. And Josh Allen is staring right at him. 
and he doesn't throw the ball. He doesn't throw it. Instead, he gets his eyes down the field. Nothing is available, rolls to his right, and eventually throws the interception. This should have been an easy pitch and catch to Dalton Kincaid, and he runs for a first down. Josh Allen inexplicably says no, and we know what happens. The interception is not the issue. That saved the Bills like 15 yards of field position. It's the turndown that should have resulted in a first down. Instead, you get an interception. Again, we should have never seen the interception because Josh Allen should have thrown the ball to Dalton Kincaid. And then the end of half play, of course, Ty Johnson gets tackled short of the goal line. You shouldn't have thrown the ball, not in the end zone. Like, that's very obvious. But we should have never seen that play because of the James Cook drop. And that was a heck of a job by Josh Allen to climb to the pocket, work to his left. You get a great route from James Cook. You get a great route from Trent Shurfield to hold the coverage that makes it a wide-open opportunity. Right in his hands, not a tough catch. He drops it. So the disaster moments for the Bills that became very frustrating, the two interceptions and that end-of-half sequence, if you execute a little bit differently before those moments happened, you never see those moments. And maybe we think a little bit differently about this game overall. Surely the Bills have more points, right? This game honestly should have been a blowout. The Bills had so much more production in terms of yards, third downs, time of possession. And they only had 14 offensive points to show for it. Should have been a lot more. And these three plays really stand out as things that got in the way from it. And I know I'm starting off negative, and some of you guys are probably already mad about that. And Joe, you're too hard on the team. You're negative, whatever. I'm just being honest about my analysis here. Those things stand out to me. Now, let me transition into what I really am excited about talking about, and that is an outstanding day for Josh Allen. Outstanding day. Minus those two interceptions. Minus the fumble. He more, and I mean more than made up for it. He was special out there. And I knew that this passing game was close, but my goodness, was it outstanding. Uh, Josh Allen in this game, just the first quarterback in the history of the NFL to throw for over 350 yards, to rush for over 65 yards, and still complete 75% of his passes in a single game. He was terrific, and it's not just because of the stats. You watch this game, you can really understand how good he was and things that stood out to me that have been different in this game compared to other games that we've seen recently where I've really been disappointed in the passing game and felt like there were so many missed opportunities. I think you really did some good things. You, you attacked the middle of the field, you handled the blitz well, and you had some vertical success. And those have things, those are things that haven't really been there with the level of consistency that I'm hopeful to see. But we saw it in this game, Josh Allen attacking the middle of the field was 17 of 21. I mean, 21 attempts to the middle of the field, that's very good. And you completed 17 of those, most of them kind of in that intermediate range. And there's a lot of things that went into that. First of all, I mean, good route running, good throws by Josh Allen. But I think we finally are starting to see teams game planning for James Cook as a receiver. And Vic Fangio, the Dolphins defensive coordinator, came out and said that James Cook's the best Bills running back since Thurman Thomas. And he game planned like he was the best running back the Bills had since Thurman Thomas because there was a lot of attention for James Cook coming out of the backfield and that pulled coverage from the middle of the field, right? You can't spy Josh Allen. You can't cover the middle of the field and you can't cover the running back out of the backfield all at once. That's too many things for a defense to do. Well, 
the Bills took advantage of it. And there was a lot of space. You could see James Cook run a flat route that pulls the middle linebacker to the flats. It opens up the middle of the field. Josh Allen delivers a dart, right? It happened so many times in this game. You can see the attention that's on James Cook that's creating opportunities for everyone else. And that's been something I've been excited to see is like, what's going to happen when they, these teams really start to game plan for James Cook? What's it going to open up? Well, here you go, middle of the field. The Bills handled the blitz mostly well in this game. It got better throughout the course of the game. Early on, it was something they struggled with. They got in trouble, but they really adjusted well. And I'm not saying that they did anything different protection-wise, but I think it's how Josh Allen was able to recognize, get the ball off, and into the hands of playmakers. Against the blitz, Josh Allen was 11 of 16 for 185 yards, and that's over 11 yards per attempt. That's really outstanding. That's unbelievable production against the blitz. Again, improved throughout the game, but they started to to show some seven-man pressures, some eight-man pressures, and Josh Allen was able to really make them pay. And that's going to be a big deal going up against Pittsburgh. We know the fronts that they have. They're going to be creative with their pressure looks, and the Bills needed a game like this to give them some confidence against the blitz. Again, over 11 yards per attempt on 16 attempts against the blitz. And then also the vertical stuff down the field, throws that were 20 yards or more down the field. Josh Allen had success. He was three of six in those instances. And maybe you're not thinking that's crazy or anything like that, but three of six, 50% is a lot different than what it's been. In the previous four games, Josh Allen was four of 16 on throws 20 yards or more down the field. And so you finally had some success in that capacity. Hit one to Diggs, hit one to Kincaid, and hit one to Shakir. And, I mean, had some other good opportunities down the field. It was just a much better vertical passing production game for Josh Allen. And it's nice to see those are three areas, middle of the field, blitz, and the vertical stuff that has not been consistent. Took a nice turn for the better this time around. And what what was a special day for Josh Allen, right? I think the first two drives of the game, two turnovers, it, it clouded everything else that happened the rest of the way because Josh Allen was so good. Otherwise, uh, you think about some of those special plays, the cat and mouse completion to Dawson knocks down the right sideline where uh, the defender's in conflict. He doesn't know if he needs to cover James Cook, doesn't know if he needs to tackle Josh Allen on a scramble, vacates Dawson Knox, beautiful strike down the right sideline. The deep throw to Diggs against a pressure look where Josh is able to drift back, launch it, puts plenty of air on the ball, trust that Stefan Diggs can go make an adjustment and get to the football, makes the play. The throw to James Cook that should have been a touchdown was a special play from Josh Allen. The sideline shot to Khalil Shakir on the kind of like a a post-wheel concept, and Josh hits his back foot and throws it up to Khalil Shakir. The third and 13 run on the last drive. Special moments in this game and an all-time performance. Like I mentioned, Josh Allen, the only quarterback in the history of the NFL to throw for over 350 yards, to rush for over 65 yards, and complete over 75% of his passes in a single game. Josh Allen in this passing game got on track at the right time. And what did Josh Allen say that everyone's talking about after the game? He said, those last two drives, the ball came off his hand better than it has all season long. And so this this output, plus those comments, gets me pretty doggone excited about Josh Allen entering the postseason. All right, folks, we're going to talk more about the offense. Trent Shurfield, I want to get into him a little bit. The offensive snap counts. All of that is coming your way, so be sure to stick with us. But, folks, I know we come to sports to escape some of the crazy realities of life, but can we talk about some real stuff here for just a minute? 
According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That's pretty scary. And I can't imagine a more hopeless feeling than if my wife or my daughter got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medications that they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses that include UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others. And this stuff could happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a local pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important than to be prepared than right now. So go to Jace Medical and use offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. Folks, you got to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun, easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. I love the format. It's incredible. It's just you against the numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including pros and including sharks. Here's what you do. You select two or more players. You pick more or less than the projected stats, and you place your entry. That's it. It doesn't take long. Picks can be made in under a minute. And then when you win, the withdrawals are super quick. And uh, I love all these sports right now. I love them even more. When I have a prize picks entry going into the games, it just makes it that much more exciting. So go to prizepicks.com and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, let's uh, talk some more about this offense. I want to talk Trent Shurfield in particular and then the offensive snap counts. And, folks, I would love for you to join the Lockdown Bills subtext community because that gets you into our Discord channel. And in the Discord channel is like 40-something clips of me breaking down plays from this game and showing you exactly the stuff that I'm talking about here on this episode. So check it out, the Lockdown Bills subtext community. Um Obviously, that gets you one-on-one text messaging with me. We can talk bills whenever you want. Shoot me a text message. Also, you get my first reaction to all major bills news, plus my in-game analysis. So when the bills are playing the Steelers on Sunday, I'm going to send out texts after every drive, letting you know what I'm thinking, what I'm seeing. And then you also get into our Discord channel, where there's like 500 Bills fans in there. We're talking bills, sabers, life. And of course, there's a Films Clips channel, where I post all these uh, different clips that you can watch. So check it out. If you want to join, there's a link in today's show notes to join the Lockdown Bill subtext community. Click on that. Or if you're an international uh, listener, or if you just don't want to be part of the subtext, you'd rather just be part of the Discord, that's fine. I have that possible for you for the same rate. Just send me an email, joemarino65 at gmail.com. It doesn't have to be a long email. Just say, hey, I'd like to get into the Discord. I'll send you the instructions for you to join that as well. You can see these plays. You can see me showing you exactly James Cook running a route that pulls coverage from the middle of the field and what that means for the offense and all kinds of cool stuff. So check it out. Lockdown Bill subtext community. There's a link to join in today's show notes. All right. I said, I want to talk about Trent Shurfield. Let's talk about Trent Shurfield. And we always, I wouldn't say we always, one of the common talking points with Gabe Davis is that he does a lot of little things that don't show up necessarily in the form of catches and yards. And I would agree with that. And Gabe Davis had some of these moments as well. You think about that after the throw to Stefan Diggs and the bomb that he beat Jalen Ramsey and it was an incomplete pass. The next play was that throw to Khalil Shakir um, where Shakir ran down the sideline for like, I don't know, 40 yards, 50 yards, something like that. Well, that was made possible because Gabe Davis had a heck of a block where he actually took out two dudes and sprung uh, Khalil Shakir for the long game. Well, you know, Gabe gets hurt in this game. 
and which means a lot more opportunity for Trent Shurfield. And he was really good doing a lot of the same stuff that there's an appreciation for Gabe Davis for. And I wanted to kind of highlight that because whether it was blocking, but really it was the rub routes that really sprung some guys. I already mentioned uh, how Gabe Davis was able to spring Khalil Shakir, the, the Dawson Knox touchdown. The Dawson Knox touchdown doesn't happen without a great rub route run by Trent Shurfield. The long play to Khalil Shakir down the right sideline that set up the Dawson Knox touchdown. Dawson or Khalil Shakir is able to set a great pick with his rub route that frees up Khalil Shakir to run down the field without anybody with him. He ran so many great routes that did that. Uh, the James Cook touchdown that should have been, right? Trent Shurfield, one thing that I talked about last week against New England was the interception that Josh Allen threw. I blamed a lot of that on Trent Shurfield because he was supposed to run the post route that pulls the coverage away from Dalton Kincaid, and he didn't run that route with enough intent. He didn't hold the, the safety, and the safety was able to peel off and go pick off the ball. Well, he had the same opportunity to do that on the James Cook touchdown play, and he runs that route and is able to completely clear out the coverage. And so he did such a good job of that in this game, not to mention the touchdown reception that was just a crazy situation, great concentration and ball skills and sideline awareness and body control and all that to finish on that ball that got tipped up in the air. But also he had a huge catch over the middle of the field where um, he ran a crossing route and Stefan Diggs does a nice job of kind of holding the coverage for him in this instance. And Josh puts a lot of heat on the ball and he's able to catch the ball over the middle of the field for a first down. So it was, it was a lot of the little things that Trent Shurfield did in this game, but also had three catches for 24 yards and a touchdown. And um, it, it was the type of performance he needed to have, right? A redeeming performance after what's been a pretty unfortunate year where we thought, you know, as a fourth or fifth receiver, he can make more impact than he did. Well, in this game, he showed up in a big, big way, uh, stepping in for Gabe Davis, who did those same little things. I'm not going to sit here and act like this is a cash shade on Gabe Davis moment because Gabe Davis had those moments when he was available in this game, but Trent Shurfield stepped in and did a really nice job. All right. Offensive snap counts here. The bills ran 78 plays, Josh Allen quarterback, all 78 at running back, James cook, 48 Leonard Fournette 16, Ty Johnson, 13. Of course he didn't finish the game. I uh, didn't play in the second half. And then Reggie Gilliam with six uh, tight end Dalton Kincaid, 43. Dawson Knox, 37, David Edwards, 9. I know that one of the storylines with Dawson Knox returning is what does that mean for Dalton Kincaid? Well, folks, he's had over 80 yards the last two games with Dawson Knox out there for a high percentage of snaps, and you've even seen Dawson Knox get involved with some catches the last couple of weeks as well. David Edwards played nine snaps as a big tight end. I, I consider David Edwards a tight end for this team. So 43 for Kincaid, 37 Knox, 9 for Edwards. A wide receiver, Stefan Diggs, 69 of 78 plays. Khalil Shakir, 60. Trent Shurfield, 55. Gabe Davis, 18. Of course, he got injured. And then Deontay Hardy, 14. And then offensive line, Spencer Brown, Connor McGovern, Mitch Morse, Osiris Torrance played 78 snaps. Deion Dawkins, 70. Ryan Vandemark played eight snaps. So that's how that all went down. I will say this about Osiris Torrance. I want to pull something back. I still give him... Full blame for the Christian Wilkins strip sack, although I don't think Josh Allen should have fumbled the ball. But I had given him some um, some blame for that third and five run where Josh Allen got tackled. Um, and actually, that was part of this. Um, I think the next play was actually the interception, if I'm not mistaken, 
to uh, his second interception where I just talked about he should have thrown the ball to Dalton Kincaid on the flat route. Uh, but that play where I said he couldn't sustain his block against Christian Wilkins, not really the case. I think that got disjointed play side where um, the Bills had good numbers. It should have been a big play. But this, the double team from Spencer Brown and Osiris Torrance really kind of pushed Christian Wilkins into that B gap. Or And I I can't really say that it was a bad job by him sustaining that block that didn't allow it to happen. I just think it got disjointed on the play side, and it was an unfortunate result. So I pulled that back on Osiris Torrance. All right, so this has been fun. I uh, hope you enjoyed the offensive part of this conversation. We'll do the studs and duds, uh, which we'll talk a little bit more about the offense at the end. But I do want to get to the defensive side of the football and talk about how they were able to tighten the screws so well in the second half. So be sure to stick with me. But this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Folks, we all get obsessed around New Year's with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries and empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. So if you've been thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire. That'll get you a match with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. All right, folks, let's talk about this defense. And a big difference between the first half and the second half. And so I want to talk about that in particular and, and highlight some big moments in the second half. But I, I think the big difference from the first half to the second half was the run defense. And I know there were some circumstances that really kind of got in the way of Miami th- being able to run the ball a little bit more than they did. Part of that is they couldn't convert on third downs. Uh, part of that was they got behind the sticks a few times with some negative plays, a penalty one time, an incomplete pass on first down. But the Bills got worked in the run game in the first half. They gave up 100 yards rushing. And first of all, Miami's run scheme is really creative. And I shared some of these plays in the Discord as well, where their ability to get formational strength in ways that you don't expect it, the way that they have so much eye candy, the way that they get blockers out in space, it's it's tough to deal with. And so the Bills did play a lot of too high safety looks, right? And when you're too high safety looks, that means light boxes, which are ripe for running the football. And Mike McDaniel was asked about this, the Dolphins head coach, you know, what happened here? Why didn't you run the ball in the second half? He said, well, they started to play more one high safety looks and had an extra box defender. He's right about that. That did happen. And there's give and take with that, right? That's going to help you stop the run, but also you have one less deep high safety. And so Actually, the Bills started to do this more one-high safety looks towards the middle end of the the second quarter. After that, um, that uh, HN uh, touchdown run, the Bills started to run more one-high looks. And one of the downsides of that is, like I said, there's no, not as many players deep. And you saw that in the third and three completion that set up the uh, this Tyreek Hill short touchdown pass where Cedric Wilson ran that corner route and, and – I get he beat Dane Jackson. It was a great throw from Tua. You didn't have any safety help, right? So there's your your give and take of football. You can't take it all away. And that's an example of where, well, you wish on that play you had more safety help deep, right? So there's give and take there. Um, but 
the, part of the big adjustment was they did play more one high safeties that gave them an extra box defender. Um, but also it was more situational stuff than anything. Like I said, they couldn't sustain drives and they got behind the sticks. And that's tough when you just don't have the volume of plays to really produce. I mean, they only ran 17 plays in the second half on five drives. They didn't have a drive longer than four plays. But what I thought was really the reason why they couldn't sustain drives was the play of the Buffalo Bills defensive backs. These guys made huge drive-ending plays. And so I want to highlight those plays. On the first drive, the Bills are facing a third and three. Dane Jackson tackles Braxton Berrios. And if you if you look at the play when it's when the ball's thrown, you're thinking to yourself, this is probably going to be a first down by Braxton Berrios. But Dane Jackson wrestles him down one yard short. It's a great tackle by Dane Jackson. And on the play before that was a big time tackle by Jordan Poyer to fly downhill on a third and five to limit to only a two yard gain. It's a great tackle in space against Miami. So you had these two huge tackles on second and third down um, by two of your DBs, Jordan Poyer and Dane Jackson, to force that punt. Then the next drive, it ends in the punt return for a touchdown by the Bills. But the forgotten moment in that drive was on second and 15. Christian Benford's one-on-one in coverage with Cedric Wilson down the field. And Christian Benford makes an unbelievable pass breakup one-on-one with Cedric Wilson. Beautifully plays right through Cedric Wilson's hands and deflects the ball. It was a good look uh, for them, for Miami to throw it. It was a good throw by Tua. But Christian Benford just had better coverage and better ability at the catch point than Cedric Wilson. On drive three, you're faced with a third and nine. Dane Jackson, again, here is isolated with Cedric Wilson, middle of the field, and it's a good it's a good throw. It's a good route by Cedric Wilson. You feel like there's going to be good leverage to where that ball was placed, but Dane Jackson comes right through the hands of Cedric Wilson and deflects the pass to force it incomplete. On the fourth down, or excuse me, the fourth drive, it's third and seven. Micah Hyde's going up against Tyreek Hill. This is the play where, Tyreek Hill's catching it as he's kind of going to the ground. Micah Hyde sticks his hand in there and punches the ball out. He rakes it away from Tyreek Hill to force it incomplete, and they wind up punting. And then, of course, when you're talking about DB plays, Taylor Rapp. It's not just a game-sealing interception on drive five, right? Everybody knows about that. We saw that play. That's awesome. The play before, you forget about it. The second-to-last play, it's a deep shot to Tyreek Hill, and Rapp is the deep safety playing with good vertical leverage. He comes back downhill, and swipes the ball away at the catch point, and then in the very next play is the game-sealing pick. So why did Miami have 17 plays on five drives, no drive longer than four plays? Because the Bills' defensive backs made some huge plays that ended those drives. So big hat tip to those guys. They are the ones that really made it happen. And let's be honest, the Bills' pass rush was really quiet in this game. They had one sack, and it was on a play where Devin Achan was the quarterback. He was a trick player. They're going to try to throw the ball. I mean, the pressure was really not there. And these DBs were left in some one-on-one situations, whether it was as a tackler or at the catch point, and they made plays. want to comment real quick on Bale Inspector. He wound up playing uh, 25 snaps, or excuse me, 19 snaps in relief of Tyrell Dotson. And I thought he played well, all things considered. A tough spot to just be thrown in against an opponent in Miami where You think about a guy going out through the course of a week, right? Preparing to play a game. You're preparing as a starter. You're getting all the first team reps. It's a unique team to play against, right? And Bale Inspector wasn't practicing all week with the first team. He had to come in unexpectedly to to relieve Tyrell Dotson. 
I'm really, really satisfied with how he played in the game. He was involved. He made some tackles. He stayed patient, and he understood his role. He did his 111th, and he didn't overrun plays. He didn't uh, play too fast. It wasn't like things were going 100 miles an hour out there for him. There were some good opportunities in coverage where he had to drop and pass off routes and had a chance to be cleared out, but he stayed disciplined. I thought he did a good job. I wouldn't say he was amazing, but he came in and he did his 111th, right? And I think that was an important thing for him to do in this moment. And a couple of nice tackles, one that was close to being a tackle for loss. And um, I thought he did a nice job. And, and some people are a little bit confused that he came in over Dorian Williams. This has been happening all season long where Dorian Williams, as the third linebacker, hasn't been a thing in a while. And if you watch Dorian Williams early in the season, he's fast, he's physical, he plays 100 miles an hour. But my goodness, he just is not there instinctively. His processing skills are not there right now. And putting him on the field against Miami is uh, who. Wow, a nightmare. You remember what the Patriots did to him in that first couple series before he got benched before Dotson? It was all motion and eye candy, and he was all over the place making full-speed mistakes. Bale Inspector's the better player right now, and he did a really nice job stepping in uh, in a really tough, tough spot. Defensive snap counts. The Bills had 52 defensive snaps, courtesy of only 17 in the second half. Uh, defensive end, Greg Rousseau, 31 of 52. That tackle that he made on Devon A-Chain uh, was unbelievable for him to be able to corral him and, and stop him for a loss. It was unbelievable, kind of an early in the in the play game. And he had another big – he blew up another run play, I think on the first drive, uh, where he was able to take on a puller, uh, take on Tyreek Hill, and then everyone else was able to pursue and get to the football. I know Greg Rousseau hasn't been making a, a huge impact as a pass rusher, but he's probably – one of the best three or five run-stopping defensive ends in the NFL right now. Leonard Floyd, 35 snaps. Pretty quiet for him. He did have a couple of good plays against the run. Epinesa, 17. Shaq Lawson, 13. Von Miller, 15. Defensive tackle, Ed Oliver, 46 of 52 snaps. Daquan Jones, 33. And then you only had nine snaps apiece for Tim Settle and Puna Ford. At linebacker, uh, Terrell Bernard, all 52. Dotson, 20. Spectre, 19. At corner, Benford and Johnson, all 52. Rasul Douglas, 25. Dane Jackson, 27. And then at safety, 52 for Poyer and Hyde, 13 for Taylor Rapp. Studs and duds. Uh, again, the criteria for studs and duds is whatever I want it to be. I'll give you a spoiler. We have no duds this week. Nobody played bad enough for me to put down as a dud. We got some studs, though. Josh Allen, stud. Dalton Kincaid, stud. Khalil Shakir, stud. Stefan Diggs, stud. Trent Sherfield stud. I think him stepping in in this moment, doing what he did and what I elaborated on earlier, that gets him a stud uh, opportunity here. Deontay Hardy, 96-yard punt return, the longest in franchise history. Uh, sparked the team, stud. Christian Benford, stud. Uh, interception on the first drive, which was an unbelievable job by him to uh, stay in phase with Tyreek Hill. The ball was a tick underthrown by Tua, but a great play on the ball. The pass breakup on Cedric Wilson was outstanding. He had some good run tackles as well. Uh, Taylor Rapp, I mean, back-to-back plays there to, to close out the game. You're a stud. And the coaching staff gets a stud award here. Uh, this team was well-prepared. They obviously, you know, you don't want to make it about more than just this game, but this five-game surge to close out the division. But it's the guys that had to step up in moments where um, they're not really asked to do this stuff, whether it's Ryan Vandemark or Balen Spector or Dane Jackson um, or Trent Shurfield or Deontay Hardy coming through with that punt return. This was a big-time coaching staff flex, in my opinion, and they get recognition here in the stud 
portion of the podcast. All right, folks, that's it. We're closing the book on the Miami Dolphins. We're closing the book on the regular season. We're on to the postseason. We're on to the Pittsburgh Steelers the rest of the way this week. So we'll have our crossover discussion with Locked On Steelers next. And then, of course, my full game primer. And then our last chat before the Bills host the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday afternoon. So don't miss anything. Make sure that you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great day. Go Bills. And I'll catch up with you again tomorrow.